podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the first in-season Anfield Index podcast of the 2018-2019 campaign. That should mean we've lots of football stuff to talk about, but it never really works out like that, does it? I'm Trev Downey, coming to you as ever from the slowly evolving study studio uh, in my house, in my field, in beautiful, rainy rural Ireland. And of course, I'm joined for this late, late recording by the Mo and Sadio to my Bob Carl Kopak and Cam Branch. And in the background, knob twiddling, double fist celebrating Jurgen Klopp style is Guy Drinkle. As ever, lads, uh, nice to be doing this show. It's a very, very late one for us this evening. Um, we had to wait for Branchy to go out with his mates uh, and come back. And, uh, it's like after hours, Anfield Index, after hours. Yeah, I feel it. it feels, late night with. It's a bit wait, unhinged, wait, wait. isn't why, it? Why, why was it necessary to... To blame me for being a late night. I've been here for half an hour now, and you lot have been chatting about Big Neville and strange things about Jermaine Pennant. And things we can't talk about. And Other stuff we can't talk about. But that's exactly why. I think it's because of that, that, that wee interim that we've had there where we've been chatting. It feels a bit unhinged. So this may well be vaguely X-rated at times. Uh, so uh, do... do um, Maybe uh, ask the little ones to leave if you're uh, if you're listening to this at the moment because I just have a feeling it might go it might go all sorts of funny directions. Uh, Carl, have you any opening thoughts for us this week? I do. As we walked along the flat back marina, I was calm on the outside, but thinking all the time. So now it was to be Gayorgi the general saying what we should do and not to do, and dim as his mindless greeting bulldog. But suddenly, I videoed that thinking was the gloopy ones, and that the umi ones used, like inspiration and what Bog sends. But now it was this lovely music that came to my aid. There was a window open with the stereo on, and I videoed right at once what to do. Oh, an absolute belter, that. I love it. And I did, uh, I did guess correctly during the week, didn't I? The you did, origin, yeah. The, you did. Uh, the, 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 Origin of that place the 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 you uh, posted up on Twitter it was the, the same yeah, for it's, it's the reason I did that is because I, I like the opening quote to be something that's been on my mind this week and I yes. was in, I was in Thamesmead yesterday in yes. South East London and um, I went to the lake where that scene from A Clockwork Orange um, was filmed you can't, you can't get to the actual like next spot because it's all like ten off and stuff but um, if anyone's seen the film Clockwork Orange it's the bit where Alex. Um, his druid, his mates, have been um, treacherous towards him and they want to take over the group. So he basically just beats them and throws them into the lake. And yeah, it goes, goes all slow-mo violence and everything. Yeah. It's quite wonderful, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. Beautifully filmed, Kubrick. Beautifully filmed, It's so beautifully filmed because when you see that shot that you took and you're looking, how how does that building turn into what it is? It looms so much more in the background. Yeah. It's class. It's really, really yeah. nice. Yeah, um, I don't think Pooley would be upset with me for recommending this particular film. Although there is a bit of violence, so we know Pooley doesn't like that. So, but yeah. anyway, I would happily recommend *A Clockwork Orange* if you haven't seen it. I'm or not actually, the film, to be honest. Just well, read book. it. Just, yeah, read the, the book. book. Is is is? I mean, people say but it, Kubrick banned the film because it was too violent mm. because it's copy, 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 copy
makes it look like a nursery rhyme. The yeah. book is so violent. And yeah. really, really vicious. And of course, there's a different ending as well in the book. Um, yeah. Because um, there's two different endings in the book as well. I don't know both versions. But um, if anyone was quite thinking, what the hell is he talking about when he's talking about, you know, why uh, I bid these what to do and the gloopy ones and the umi ones, it's because it's written in a language called Nadsat, which is like teenage Russian. So he says they don't say talk, they say the word govarit, which is Russian to speak. Yeah. Um, and after a while, you don't even notice that it's written in Nadsat. It is, it's inc- it's incredible. You just get into it. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it, I don't know. There's something about it. It's so cleverly done. You just really get into it. Yeah. Well, we Absolutely. made our Razunox. We made our Razunox of what to do. Also, our minds. Yeah. So you know, so he, 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 he puts it in the context. It's a really clever book. I absolutely love that book. Yeah. I I have to say I think Malcolm McDowell is fantastic in the film in that part. So I would say I'd say I'd recommend both. To be honest, um, Mr. Branch. What uh, open, opening salvo have you got for us? Okay, here goes. You pressure. You want possession. You want to attack. Some teams can't or don't pass the ball. What are you playing for? What's the point? That's not football. Combine, pass, play. That's football. For me, at least. Ooh. So this is... Uh... You can't, it can't possibly be another Johan Cruyff quote. No. No. Uh, somebody likes to play a certain style that we'd all like watching, yes? Yeah. And, is, is, um, it, is, is it someone currently working in the game? Ooh. Are they still alive? I think so. I think so, but he's not where alive. he made his name. Uh, so not the Warnock. Not Neil Warnock, and as Guy says, it's not Mike Bassett either. <laughs> no, and it's, de- it's definitely not Steve Bruce. So let, let's see. Uh, Very cultured player, really, really cultured. Uh, is it Raquelme? No, it's a uh, oh, guy's typing. It's Xavi, isn't one, it? One across Xavi. Yes, go. I got it. Ah, I like it. Yeah, happy with that. Is that what is that what guy's put in the chat box? Because I've got a different. No, uh, Iniesta, and then he's he's swore. Yeah, uh, that's that's a, that's that's about right. That's about that's right. What you're I've got a I've got a little a little quotation here for for you fellas, which uh, tells us quite a lot about the two men who are in this. It's an extract from a recent book, which you may have seen um, heavily um, talked about on Twitter over the last day or two, if you were uh, on that particular medium. And it goes like this. He was a cold character and never really got me. Never wanted to make any effort to understand what made me tick. That's why he never got the best out of me. Some of the lads dared me to have a certain conversation with him and (laughs) bet me that I couldn't make him laugh. I sat down across from him in the canteen one afternoon and tried chatting to him about the stuff I'm into. I got the subject onto women, how I always seem to end up in trouble because of them, then moved on to what I like in a woman, big tits, dirty talk, <laughs> dressing up, role play, threesomes. Thought I was bound to make him crack and at least chuckle. Nothing. He just stood up without saying a word or even making eye contact and walked off right then. <laughs> I knew I'd never make it big at Liverpool FC. <laughs> he was right. The charmer in question, the uh, inverted commas author, Jermaine Pennant, and the absolute legend who left him without a word on the back of that uh, effort at conversation, Rafa Benitez. 
lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. God bless him. God bless him. God bless him. Uh, what, a, what an absolute legend. My, I, I, my heart goes out to him with that uh, absolute basket case he's at at the moment. But anyway, we'll get to that at some other point. Um, w- I want to talk about some football. So obviously we've we've had the start of the season and it's it was a tremendous start. And I know, Cam, that uh, you missed, I think, the early part of it, maybe just Mo's goal and got to see most of it then. And, yeah. Uh, Carl, you were at that one? Yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got a good handle on, on how it went. And far from match analysis, what I want to do is just pick out a few things that you thought were particularly significant features of the match. I have a couple of things that if we don't get to them, I do want to ask about, you know, to do with personnel and that type of thing. We'll get to them if our conversation doesn't flow off in other directions based on what you guys come up with. So, Carl, I know you had at least one pressing issue that you want to talk about. What was the first one, anyway, that comes to mind? Um, Lassie, let me just say straight away that the highlight of the game for me was A, the bloke running on the pitch, the kid, because that was just dead funny, and also Daniel Sturridge doing the arms. I love that. But I, I want to talk about the referee um, as much as anything else. And it gets on my nerves a bit when people flag off referees because... A referee doesn't come out onto the pitch to be annoying towards your team. But I couldn't help but feel on Sunday. I'm very good man, we won 4 now, so I've got no complaints about that. But I've never seen a referee try and be so fair by not being fair. You know, like overcompensating because we were at home and thinking, I'm not going to get swayed by the crowd or anything like that. Mm. That man was an absolute disgrace, I thought. And there's one moment that just sums it up more than anything else. It was when he basically tackled one of our lads. Yeah. <laughs> He just didn't move. He should, a referee should be at least 15 paces away from the ball at all times. And he just didn't move. Just well, it's, it's, it's his reaction to it as well, Carl. He couldn't just give a shit, yeah. Couldn't give a shit, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a remarkable thing. And it's not like it's the first time that, you know, we've looked at that guy and went and, and thought, honestly, this, seriously. Well, there's the know. whole Withenshaw thing. He's in Withenshaw. And... Um, um, I don't know what the rules are these days, but maybe for a man to match, not should not be doing United City or so or Everton. But um, I just thought it, it's, it's this thing about being overly fair. You know, I'm not going to be swayed, and he, he just made from day literally from the first whistle, he was like, right, no, um, I'm basically giving everyone to where I have to show how fair I am. And you do that so often that you think you're overcompensating to, to such a degree that literally we we, we applauded when we got a throw in at one point. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, that was, there was some delightful ironic applause at a co- on a couple of occasions. Yeah. And um, when, when just decision after decision was going against the Reds, lads were getting elbowed out of the way, knocked over, nothing. And then maybe, as you say, a throw in or something. I was like, yeah, well, fair play. You got something right. It was, it was a remarkable display. And, 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 you know, again, as you say, it's not really our thing here. We don't tend to bag on refs, but, it, and we it won, because it, it looked like sour grapes if I was playing it and we lost. Yeah, yeah. But, we, but we won, so that's not, I'm not saying anything like that, but, um, I just can't stand referees and just make, make the game about them. I shouldn't know the referee's name. Yeah. And yeah, yeah when we, you we go won, over we, and look it up, you say, who the fuck is he? Well, we won so convincingly, but I mean, I, 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 unless I'm mistaken, the, the thing that, where he, you talked about his little, uh, interception, that ended up with a, a dragged shot from um from their uh, uh, battering ram of centre half. I can't think of his name for oh, some no, strange reason. Oh, no, Arnautovic. Yeah, and he again. He was good. He was he, really good. He, he did exactly the same shot. Um, when uh he got in between our two centre halves and 
sort of inexplicably made a balls of it and, and dragged his shot again. I mean, on a different day, that's two goals and it's a different game then. And then the decisions against you start to really bite. So yeah, yeah, yeah it, that's, it, 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 it was, it was particularly notable. I'll be back to you for another feature or two in a minute. Um, Cam, what, what, what struck you in particular or one of the things at least, um, from your viewing of the game? Um, it's actually something that's happened afterwards, um, which has really got my back up and it's the, the gif of Hendo pointing backwards when Shakiri's got the ball pointing back to Allison. Where's the gif of, uh, the two guys who didn't stop the cross when, uh, Virgil is saying, fucking stop the cross? Yeah. Why, why, why haven't they done a gif for that? Because that was a bigger mistake in the context because it led to a corner and from that corner, West Ham could have scored. Why, why is, why are we not looking at that as well? If you're going to be critical of a player, by all means be critical, but to make, to be sad enough to make a fucking gift and do that. And, and also, it was 4-0 when he came on. So. <laughs> this is the point. <laughs> what no, it was, when he came on, it was 3-0, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, because it, uh, Storage was the last one on, wasn't he? Yeah. And Storage scored with the last bit. But the point, the point is, we won 4-0 and you, and you fucking twats are finding out, are trying to find a negative. After we won four 0 and we played as well as we played. I well, talk to t- talk to me specifically about what's really going on here, and it is, you know, and of course there w- there will be certain people who listen to this, and they'll, you know, uh, I had a similar conversation with with uh, on on Legends Lowdown a couple of hours ago, Ronnie Wheel, and I had to talk about I wanted to talk about the Henderson thing because there will be people who are screaming their various opinions at this show right now on whatever device they're listening to, because he is such a divisive figure. For some strange reason, I'll never understand. People have to seem to need to have extreme opinions on on, on Jordan Henderson. I, I don't get that. Can never understand that. But, like, what is it? Like, Cam, just, I suppose, like, spell it out. What do you think's going on here? Like, it, it's part of a, it's, it's part of that, isn't it? It's part of that. It, uh, it's, it's the bigger narrative, like, isn't it? At the end of the day, they don't rate Jordan Henderson, which is fine. You don't rate him. You're going to look at all his faults and you're going to highlight those faults. You, you feel he's, he's not brave in possession. He's a coward on the ball. That's, that's fine if you can justify it and you can continually show that that's what he is. But from what I've seen, he had he had the highest percentage for a person playing in that position of long passes and forward passes. Yet the narrative is he doesn't do forward passes. He only passes sideways and backwards. But in the last two years, we've got to two. We've qualified for the Champions League twice and we got to a Champions League final with him leading the team. He can't be that bad a player. He's not the best player in the world. I'm, I'm not going to say he is. But he's not that bad a player. We now have better players who can play that position. Brilliant. That's what we want. But he's still the captain of Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. And that deserves a a certain amount of respect. Yeah, it's it's the utter utterly disparaging way in which people speak about a player who's not half as bad as 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 uh, is described. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I will say as well is. He's captain of Liverpool Football Club, but it doesn't mean to say he's, he's necessarily the right captain for the team. I get that. But as a club captain, I think he's superb because I think he's brilliant at what he does in bringing that team together within the club. And I yeah. think that's something that people just don't get. They don't see that side of it. 
No, because it's it's an intangible, and they they like people want their own their, their own per, uh, chosen personnel on the field. And as you say, yeah. you can get that. And if you can talk about things in a purely football way, that's fine. It just doesn't need to go to these places that it seems to go to, which has got more to do with character. And the, it, you're on a loser if you're trying to disparage it, that that guy's character. Uh, talk yeah. about talk about what he does in the pitch as being some way flawed in terms of his character. That's that's actually just wrong. If you don't like the way he, uh, he performs technically, you know, God, knock yourself out, and and that and that's fine. I would agree. I, I, I think there's two things about this. To be honest, Trent. I think firstly, people say that he's not aggressive enough in the play. He doesn't play forward enough or do anything like that. It's not actually his job. His job as a number six is to sit and protect and screen his back four. And, um, and give it to people who are better at that than he is. And he's not bad at that at all. And we all got a bit of that. Any place that the lost the diagonal ball into the box, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And the second point on this, and it's a huge one for me is if your biggest problem with Liverpool football club is Jordan Henderson over the last three years, you haven't been looking hard enough. If he's your, really your biggest problem, then well done because you must love absolutely everything else. We literally yeah. haven't had a goalkeeper for five years. But that's, you know, <laughs> and if people are not thinking, oh, let's, we can't really pick on a goalkeeper, let's, let's have a look at Henderson. At some point, you're going to start looking at Mo Salah because, you know, it's just, that's the way it works. It's not the way scapegoats work. There's no one else to moan about now and that carries has gone and then, you know, he's going. Well, you know, same thing. But, um, if there's problems with this club, it is not Jordan Henderson. Yeah, it should, a hundred percent. It's, it's, if, if you, if that's who you're prioritizing and banging on about all the time, I, 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 I'll be honest. I just don't understand the extremity of it. I do understand that people may not fancy yourself. He's all right. He's, he's all right. He's a great squad. He's a great squad player for us. And, and if Fabinho kicks into form, that's exactly what he will be as a squad player. Yeah. And maybe he'll nail down that number six position ahead of Fabinho. And if he does, everybody will be happy. So it's win-win, you know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's, it's a strange one. And I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a, it's a very, it, it, it was, um, one of the few things that left a sour taste in the mouth, especially as you say, Cam, when we've absolutely blitzed the team and we could have, Really walked away there eight nil and it wasn't a flatterless, you know. And people still, you know, want to cry about something, and it, 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 I, I find it difficult to, to understand. I'll, uh, I'll say this as well, though. West Ham yeah. went bad. Four nil. I thought they, I, I thought for the first half they, they, I won't say they gave us problems, but they knew what they were doing. But I, th- I think, the, I think the midfield won the game because on, on Artovich, honestly, I was elated when he went off. We got an Andes all day. Gets a nice big boo when he comes on. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was, I thought Gomez played really, really well, but on, I just thought, I remember thinking, I'm sure man, that should be on an Adamich, because he was just giving everyone hell. That lad just didn't stop. Well, now that you mention that, and, and I think you're right to pick him out as a danger man, I would have, I was dreading him. And like I say, on a different day, he has two goals, if we're yeah. honest. Um, because that was poor when he got in between our two center halves. I'm not, like, you the, way can, took, the way he took that ball down. The way he took the ball down and then, oh, that was majestic. Yeah. You know, like, like, he is, for such a big barrel of a human, he has tremendous technique. He's a just, he's a proper footballer. And yeah, on a different day, look, there, what you're saying, Carl, there'll be nobody's mugs, that team. There'll be nobody's mugs. They'll be once fine. They, once they work out what to do, Jack Wilson. Once they work out what to do overall, with, even Pellegrini probably can't even properly communicate with them yet. I'm sure it'll take time. You know what I mean? Um, and they'll get there. 
so yeah, it it does. You know, when you think about it, they are they, and they've recruited very well. They'll sell down. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it, it it's it's worth I'm pointing out. It was the perfect time for us to play them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they will cause teams. They will cause teams problems. They, they will shock a few this season. That, that are, you know, don't be surprised if they beat one of the team, one of the top six away. You, I, think, I, think, I think, I think, I think they'll draw. I think they're going to be the team that's get get to the annoying draw at United. Because I yeah. think once Kevin Green get uh, gets Kevin Green gets them organised, then I think they are going to be a national side to beat. But the problem with them is the, mid- the midfielders. Mark Noble and Wilshire. Yeah. We play, can we play you again, lads? How poor would I? Yeah. Uh, can I, can I pick out my absolute highlight of the match despite all our wonderful football, despite the joy that was Nabi Keita settling straight in and looking so good despite I think there was a few worries if he was all that from a few people, a few kind of anxious noises, uh, Fabinho not being able to play more anxious noises. Um, then we had the joy of, 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 um, Watching Bobby leading the press, watching Sadio going straight for the jugular every single time he got the ball. Oh, oh, absolutely brilliant. The headband wonder of James Milner. I mean, that's, that was a glorious thing in and of itself. Virgil, like a kind of a, um, a sort of a, you know, just the smoothest character out there. He was fantastic. I think he's going to be immense for us this year um, in a way that he didn't even really fully get in, into and manage last year. But one of my little highlights, I'll tell you my two highlights, one involved Virgil. It was a, a two separate occasions, a little high five between himself and Joe Gomez. Like that. Appreciating each other. Always like to see that. Oh, like that. I like that. That's a potential partnership right there, and I like that. That's, That's number one. Yeah, yeah, that's number one. That's the word. And you, yeah. you've, to be fair to you, Brenchy, you've always said as a fellow who used to play centre half, it's it's essential. It's essential. The yeah. second highlight for me was watching the absolute bollock carnage as West Ham fellas went down left, right, and centre. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he the game. He <laughs> just stopped the game because two lads, two lads were scrotally incapacitated. It was shouldn't stop because they were not head injuries. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> technically not a head injury. <laughs> well, if it was if, 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 if it was if it was Jermaine Pennant, then we know that that's where his brains are. So maybe, yeah. you know, but uh, look, I I just I, I thought it was it was it was so comical. It was uh, it was it was fantastic. The co the co commentator on, on on the channel I was watching literally didn't know what to do with himself. He was cackling away like a schoolboy. Um, yeah, so tremendous stuff. I I do need to ask you both one thing. Um, uh, it's 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 a one-word name and question, and I'll just put it to you like this, uh, with some um very notable intonation at the end. Cam, I'll I'll ask you first. Alison. Um, as a debut goes, I don't think he's going to get an easier debut. Okay. Um, I thought he was, um, the, the midfield, because the our midfield completely dominated the game. We stopped West Ham from really doing anything. And the two shots aside and the one punch and the one iffy kick, you know, um, what did he really have to do? So, um, he had one save, but he won't, we had one free vanish throw in the first half. Yeah, it was hardly a a shot that was going to trouble him though. It was, it was just a gentle 
bibbly bobbly, wasn't it? As Mr. Tandem would say. A bibbly bobbly. Yeah, wasn't it? Is that, it is, is, that, is, that, is that a thing? Is it? I've never. It's a new phrase on me. A bibbly bobbly. Yeah. I like. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tandem word. I'm sure. I'm sure Tandem <laughs> said it a few times. So um, yeah, Alison. He, he, again, he had a, It was a, it was an easy, comfortable afternoon for him. It's it, the little stat for you, everybody. Now that's our si- last six league games at Anfield that have been clean sheets. Yeah, it goes back to February or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we've not played a lot of uh, league games uh, since February. Um, I think the, I think it was West Ham. No, no, it wasn't West Ham. Um, I can't remember who it was who scored. It was the end of February. Uh, somebody scored in, in a 4-1. We, I think we won 4-1. I think it was Bournemouth. Um, and, uh, weren't we, w- weren't we unbeaten at Anfield all season? Yes. I mean, yeah. A little, a little repeated stat that one, which I think is of massive significance. Um, I know there were a lot of draws. We're, we're, unbe- we're unbeaten in the league. Obviously, we lost in the uh, uh, was it the FA Cup against uh, West Brom? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, no, we're we're unbeaten in the league. We're we're, we're not conceding goals at home um, because we're not, the conceding, already won. we're not conceding okay. conceding big shots. That's why we're not conceding big chances all of a sudden. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and we're controlling games better at Anfield. You know, it's, it really is becoming a fortress again. So, bearing that in mind, Alisson at home is going to have hopefully relatively good days, and uh, the test will come away. But Fair enough. Pressure. Fair enough. The 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 same pointed uh, intonation uh, to you, Carl. About uh, what's what? How's your opinion? I should say the last game by the uh, Golden League that I can see is Antonio for West Ham when we were three and a lot and we were four. Um, I would say Alisson, it was nice to have a goal where I wasn't panicking every time mm. the ball came near him. In fact, mm. I sort of wanted him to have a bit more to do so I could look at him. Yeah. And it, and it just didn't happen. And yeah, he did that weird kick in the second half, but, uh, I just thought, um, I liked the fact that he hooked all the defenders at the end of the game. I really like that he hooked the ball. Yeah, that's good. When he got off the pitch, as if to say, like, you know, all the lads at the club have got their goal today, but um, we've got this. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that, that. that's good. That's, that's good. That's a Carragher thing as well. Yeah. Car- yeah. Carragher always says that as well. It's a clean sheet of the goal. Yeah. It is for, of course it is for, 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 for that unit. Of course it is. Yeah. And, 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 and the platform that we all want, um, for our team, because as you say, it's so long since we've had a, a keeper that we can rely on. And you can't read too, too much into it, as Cam said. But one thing I would say to you about Carl, neither of you have, have mentioned the fact that, um, we could see, and we did see, I suppose, going back to his debut, um, against Napoli in Dublin and in the game against Torino, but specifically one, each of a pass to Andy Robertson, uh, just yeah. like a perfect little dink ball. His distribution is tremendous. But I don't want to do. I don't want him doing that for every single piece of possession he has. I don't want too much Hollywood from him. But yeah. Every now and then it'd be nice. I mean, the ball he played to Salah in Dublin, you know, that was amazing. But don't do it all the time, mate. If we've got players, <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm sure they'll find a rhythm with it, and he'll probably be coached uh, within an inch of his life on what, when, and and where, uh, where it's uh, most opportune. But I, I have to say, I picked up on that. I really, that I very much enjoyed that. Um, 
the other one that I do want to mention just as well, because I think it's going to have a massive effect, was uh, the squad depth that was you know, delightfully apparent when the uh, first 11 and substitutes were, were read out an hour before the match. And it had a psychological effect on me that now I, I, I think there's been an awful lot of triumphalism from some corners of the Liverpool fan base. And I, I kind of abhor that because we've done nothing to justify it. Right. But what I would say is the thing that really made a difference uh, and I felt confident it would the minute I saw the squad was the impact substitutes. And we now have two of them, um, proper impact subs in Shakiri and Danny Sturridge, players of proper quality who come in and change a match. And that's immense, Cam, isn't it? Yeah, it makes a huge difference um, when you've got a, a bench that you know can have an actual impact and an influence on the game. and you know, it, it goes from the goalkeeper, I think, all the way to, um, you know, to Daniel Sturridge. Like, um, I've, I can't emphasize it enough how, how, how good that is for us. And you could see, okay, Shakira came on quite late, but in about the 80th minute, about 10 minutes, 10 minutes left to go. Mm. And he, he was still, he was trying to make things happen. He wanted to prove a point. He wanted to show that he belongs within that team. And that's going to happen throughout the season. He's, he's, he's hungry. He, he wants it. And you can see it with, uh, with Sturridge as well now. Sturridge, is, you, you know, has, has, has accepted this now as his role. You know, he's, he's going to be coming off the bench, you know, for the last 10, 15 minutes, two minutes, whatever it may be. And he, he's got so much quality. You know, his skill set is so high and he's a, he's a joy to watch as a footballer, you know, and Carl said it on more than one occasion now. Um, he, he is without doubt, you know, and I agree with him, probably the best English striker out there. You know, a fit and firing Daniel Sturridge is, is brilliant and, you know, it's great that we've got him. I love the celebration. Because yeah. he, he, I was in that corner back end and he ran towards us. And he's trying to look all cool, but he's just laughing. It was just really funny. He's trying to do the, oh yeah, I'm not play for that. Not at all. By the time he's on the arms, I don't know if you can watch him again. But as Jordan Henderson was behind him, Jordan Henderson puts his hand on his knees because he's laughing that hard. And this was just <laughs> trying to be cool. That's literally just going in off the end, mate. And it's hilarious that you've scored after the week. You've got to think about the lads who've gone off there. They've run themselves into the ground. They've finally got the centre back tired and the left back tired. <laughs> And then he comes in and scores in 12 seconds. Yeah. That's amazing. It is amazing, but it comes down to that thing that I was mentioning right at the start there to Cam. It comes down to one simple thing. It's not just, uh, there's no, f- it's not fortune. It's about a guy who's absolutely technically superb, as Cam was just yeah. saying. And it's a guy who knows where to be. It's a guy who's got all these, all the requisite skills to really, really influence a match for us. I mean, that's, that's where we're at now, and, and we've well, got that. But he didn't stop playing. That, that's the really big thing. Because the other thing, if you get your goal, then you can just coast and finish the game off. Yeah. He wanted more. He kept stretching them all the time. But the the, the match ended with Shakiri on the very last second of the match was Shakiri almost getting in on goal. I mean, yeah. those two guys came in and went for it, and it was just bloody thrilling. I was, I was with um, uh, my mate Serena at this match, and when he came on, she just said to me. Um, 
that lad knows where the wake's bench is, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect description of it. Sorry it, it, Jesus. Yeah, I'd like to, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Shaq in real life. And yeah. actually, Carl, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break here because I believe there's a little message here from Mr. Gags Tandon about AI Pro. Hi, Anne. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely, and we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back, and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, guys. How cheap is that? Get this, mate, get this. It's absolutely free for seven days, and then only thirty-nine ninety-nine for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax... That is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? And welcome back to the show. And Carl, I believe there was one other feature of the match you wanted to speak about specifically, was there? Because no one's mentioned him and all the things I've listened to. Go on. How, how good was Genie Wijnaldum? To be fair, I thought, immense. I thought, I thought Trev was going to mention that when he was oh, going for his little God, list. he was great. Because what I thought was really interesting about the way the midfield worked in that game is you don't know who's sitting. And, um, and it was obviously it was Genie and, I just kept thinking, well, that's going to be a mill now. And then Kaiser will do 10 minutes there. And, and there was such a gap between Manalvin and Kaiser. And the fact that he's trusted. If, I mean, fair enough, he was up against Noble and Wilter. Wilter's, as they highlighted on match today, actually, Wilter's positioning was good God. Just didn't want to run back at all. But I just, Manalvin's got this thing that he does really, really well. And, and I've, I'm not his biggest fan. But my God, that man uses space so well, so wisely. I love the way he lets the ball go across his body to take a man out of the game. Mm-hmm. It just, just, it just yeah. never panics when the ball comes towards it. Now, I'll let that go as far as possible, just so I, I can turn a corner, a shoulder onto that man. And, and the, the way he used his feet was amazing on Sunday. And do you remember in the in the sort of late weeks of the transfer window being open, still there were starting to be rumours about Ronaldo leaving, and I was like, please, no. I mean, just as we're getting. A, f- a midfield full of multifunctional footballers, and that's exactly what he is. As you said, you know he can play that role now at the base of the midfield, and he can do it very, very well indeed. He can also, we saw very recently, play in one of the more forward positions and do that very well indeed. And, yeah, but he had a shot, yeah, he had a shot as well. You know, and that that goal he got in the friendly. I mean, he he can get beyond the the the, the defenders and get into space, and he's got a lot. And and yeah, no, it's it, it's 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 a good point. And just to finish up on on. On the main body of the Reds chat for now, what is the if if you have that option, um, you know, to put together your your midfield, is it a horses for courses thing, um, depending on the opposition, or is it is there three that you think are kind of nominally for you at least the best three? We, we're probably not in a position to make a call about Fabinho yet. I don't think. Maybe I'm no. wrong. Maybe maybe you saw enough in preseason. But let me just sort of you, Sorry, you car, saw his the car, car, car didn't you? Yeah, yeah big, big white car with a red Monaco on the back. Oh, look at that big. 
Yeah, who could that be? Um, well, well, so, Carl, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stick with you on this and I'll go across the cam. Nom- your, your nominal best three, or, you know, do you, are you very much in the, in the boat of you play to suit the opposition or what do you think? I think, well, I think, I think that's exactly what you do. And I, I would have said, in fact, I said last week, I reckon you'll go with Henderson or Pabino as the six and you play with Alderman Piper. I wasn't expecting Milner at all and Milner was outstanding. And, we absolutely bossed that midfield. Mm. And that's such a lovely thing to say, because people talk about Liverpool, they talk about the front three. But my God, that midfield was good on Sunday. Yeah. They never, ever stopped working. And you, obviously, you've got to include the full-backs from that. And Trent was dreadful in the first half. Really was. Couldn't, couldn't hit it a barn door. Everything was too... I know people... I know Mel Reddy was saying that it was really windy. Um, but it wasn't that windy, I thought. And I just thought he was just over-egging things. But... Um, we got better in the second half. So basically, the middle, the middle three actually was the middle five for most of the time because they went struggling. You know, we were just pushed up all the time. But in terms of the ideal uh, midfield three, I don't think there is one. I think it's just going to be right. Who's who's who's, who's fit? And there's not a <laughs> who's, who's fit and who's in form. Yeah. yeah. And, and and as you said, any one of either Henderson or Wijnaldum or Fabinho who sits in that kind of nominal yeah. deepest lying role and. Um, I think we're all kind of um, so enamoured by um, what we saw from from Naby Keita on the day. He's obviously going to play as, uh, more games than he does, and we hope. Um, so he's one of the others. And for me, it's James Milner uh, alongside him in one of those two forward positions. Because God, I mean, obviously it'll be brilliant because he'll be able to be spelled out a bit, and we won't have to play a thirty-two-year-old guy every single week. But for me, he gets in the team most weeks because. Yeah. What he did in that match on, on, on Sunday, wasn't it? Just tremendous. I don't know, Cam, would you be in agreement there? And what does midfield, your best midfield look like? Or would you be like, like we were saying, would you be adapting depending on who you're up against? Any two plus Naby Keita. Any two plus Naby. I like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he's just, he's just superb. I mean, again, getting overexcited and, about one one performance, one result, and he wasn't even our best midfielder on the day. It was James Milner, yeah. but Ginny was brilliant, Naby was brilliant, and if we start that free midfield against Crystal Palace, we're not going to be upset. We're not going to be disappointed. We, you know, we're going to actually be happy because of what we saw on Sunday. We saw three players who actually complemented each other and worked with each other. So it's. It's again. We're going to have to go horses for courses. Uh, what I want, what I'm hoping the club will do, will, you know, club will do is look at what their fitness is. You know, what their chronic loads are. Getting all technical. You know, if you're not you're listening to the UP pods, then you should be, um, because you'll 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 learn so much more about the workload these players are under and and the fatigue that they're they're going to going to be facing. It's not a question of well, why isn't Naby playing this week? He's our best player. Why isn't he playing? Because he can't play every week. And the beauty is now we've got, we, we genuinely right now do not know who is our best free, free midfield. That's lovely. Really nice and, and, it, and it is fantastic. But what's also scary about that as well is midfield is the most crucial part of the pitch. Midfield wins you the games. Midfield controls the game. Midfield defends, defends for you. Midfield is, you, you know, I know they, you know, the old uh, classic is we always defend from the front. You know, and that's what Ian Rush used to do. But it's midfield that does the defending first, really. You, you know, and 
it's a wonderful place to be right now in that respect because you know you you could you if we started uh, Crystal Palace and uh, and we had Hendo Fabino and Adam Lallana, you still think well it's only Crystal Palace. You could play Fabino as the eight, sorry as the six. You could play Hendo and uh, still as a maybe as a double pivot. You let Lallana roam around in front of them, and suddenly actually it's not that bad a bad a team midfield again. It's probably, that would have been that would have been first choice here again. Exactly. If it was yeah. only Fabinho would come in and it was the Adam Lallana before his injury, before he signed a contract and yeah. that was it, you'd be saying, actually, that's not that bad. Mm. But that's probably now actually our weakest midfield. Yeah. I did, I did win a bit when yeah. I'm I'm still wincing for what's worth because I I uh, and again on on Legends Lowdown which is out tomorrow uh, Friday or maybe it's already out now on Thursday night. Um, Ronnie Whelan's on it this week and I was asking uh, Ronnie about that specific thing um, about Adam Lalana and his his uh, potential role in this squad. Now here's the thing, um, I've kind of lost all faith in the fella. Um, but in that way that you know you're not going to. No, it's not that, dude. You know, it's it's in the way that you're not going to find me uh, hacking the back of Jordan Henderson or anyone else. It's like I think he's. I think uh, I come back to that thing that that phrase of yours, Carl. He's all right. You know, I think he can come on and he can retain possession mostly, and he may go down a few blind alleys, maybe. And if he can retain that little um, four month patch of form that Cam was chatting about, well, well, we're we're all in happy town. That's fantastic. That's the guy we want. But even if he's just the guy that we saw mostly, he can come on, do a few things, and link the play and retain possession for the most part. I mean, as you said, if that's our worst option, things are looking up, you know. Yeah. And he, but, and he didn't. And he didn't even get on. And like, he didn't even get on. You and know? He, did a, he did a lot of warm up, I think. So. Yeah, he's the, not going to get on a lot, though. He's not going to play a lot. Well, well, Cam, the last, the, the last thing on this is the last thing I want to talk about on this is squad related thing and, and, and specific uh, origin from the matches. You know, as we looked at that bench, the only nominal defender there, although Fabinho can obviously do a, a sort of a, a bit of both. The only nominal defender, uh, was, was uh, Nathaniel Klein. Um, and there was no center half on the bench at all and of course that speaks to the current situation that we're in where we've got um our our uh, croatian uh, book who's um you know uh in the middle of a, his own sort of i don't know odd controversy at the moment was injury um mm. it's probably a load of nonsense most of that but the bottom line is he's not available for us and won't be for a few weeks uh, with some sort of stomach uh, muscle tear um We've got uh, Ragnar Klavan, who we were informed by producer Guy earlier on, is heading off to Cagliari, apparently. That's the latest link for him in a, in a two million uh, move. I have to say, I, I I think it would be insane for us to sell any centre-half at this point. But anyway, I'll get your opinion on that. Uh, we've got John Matip, who appears to be made of some sort of, you know, Dorito dust. So you're just in trouble. Peanut dust. Yeah, peanut dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you're just in trouble there uh, in that in that area. What's what's your take on on the whole centre half issue? And, and talk to me a little bit about Clavan, um, uh, as well, if you want. Yeah, I'm, like you, I'm not happy uh, if Clavan is leaving. Um, we, I feel we're, we're um, short of options there because we don't have a. 
we've got four defenders there who injury pones not really the the right word, but they do pick up a lot of injuries. Um, especially the two main ones that will be fighting for the one place. So providing Joe Gomez is over is it over his niggles and he looked, he looked, he looked to be. He looked to be. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets a run in the in, over the next few games, because on based on the, the performance he, he did on Sunday, which was very good, and he actually headed the ball, which has always been a big concern. Against a, a nightmare as well. Yeah, and, and and let's be honest, if you're a striker, one striker up against Virgil Van Dijk or Joe Gomez, which side are you going to go? Yeah, you're going to stand it in between Joe Gomez and the the right back because that's that's the weaker side yeah so um yeah i mean i i'm i'm i i do not want to see uh other go um because matic like you say is a, he is peanut dust um Lovren is out for a, a few weeks two three weeks at least you would have thought um it just leaves a young lad phillips really then step in doesn't it on the bench but fabinho can play like you say, can play uh, centre yeah, back. He can also he, he can also play right back because that's where he started his career, I believe. So you've got a multifunctional player there who can play three positions. So are we that light, really? I mean, well, look. The answer to that, uh, probably, Carl, uh, to Cam's question is we are not that light. If if Joe Gomez can stay fit and keep playing at least that level that he played at today uh, on Sunday, which was bloody impressive. Um, you know, with the exception of that one time, and you, you could point the finger at Van Dyke there too, where uh, the queer fellow got in between them. I thought he was excellent. I thought he really stood up well in aerial yeah. battles. I thought he was positionally excellent. I thought he made great block tackles. I thought he was just great. That's exactly what I want. And the idea of that partnership becoming a thing is what everybody kind of quietly wishes for because, you know, Gomez has that size and athleticism and he can play ball. Um, it's what you want there. It would be ideal. And if maybe these injuries are sort of for once, um, a sign of Liverpool having a little bit of, uh, good luck or fate causing something to be put together. And if it stays there, then that's a, that, that could be a beautiful thing to happen as a result of this. Uh, inverted commas crisis because I don't know about you Carl but that's what I want to see I want to see a situation where Dejan Lovren's our FA Cup defender and um, that's what I want to see and, and Joe Gomez is unquestioned in his in partnership with, with Van Dijk or maybe maybe you see it differently well I, I think what it if he's going the first thing that came into my mind was Matic is no nowhere near as injured as people make out he is um, and I'm just thinking in terms of time and as anything else well you I mean the thing that really impressed me about Joe Gomez the other day, it reminded me of something that Alan Hansen said. And Alan Hansen has played against Maradona um, uh, when Maradona was a kid. And what I thought was really interesting, they said, they, they said to Alan Hansen, who's the worst player, who's, who's the most difficult opponent ever? Was it Maradona? Was it at the time that like, he went to the World Cup, you know, when he played against Zico and people like that? I think he played against Zico. And, um, he said, no, the worst opponent I've ever faced in my life is Billy Whitehurst of Oxford United. It was an absolute yard dog of a pub player. Uh, um, I was at the game he was talking about. He beat them 6-0. And he went, I literally crawled off the pitch because that lad would just not let me rest at all. Every time I knocked him to the ground, 
and that took some vim and it took something out of me and he just kept getting up and coming at me. And even when we were six nil, he didn't like sit back and have a breather or anything like that. And that's what Anakovic was doing. And Joe Como took it. And yeah. that, that was that's so encouraging. No, normally yeah. if someone gets a knock, um it's it's entirely why Sergio Ramos is where he is. Every time someone gets a knock, you just think, I'm not gonna go in quite as hard or I might sit up a bit more with him. Joe Gomez just said, Come on, I'll do it again. And that was such a good thing to see. Because West Ham, yeah. you know, and we said, you know, they could be a good team, they're not at the moment, but that lad made damn sure that he that those sent the back to that he was on the pitch. And they took it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's, that's the type of thing we want to see. Um, you know, just as a, as a final word on that, um, Cam, you know, the, the idea of the Carl's talking about there that, you know, Matip has actually played quite a few matches. He's not maybe just as quite as delicate as I was making out, but I would just kind of counter that, you know, sometimes when we really need him, he's kind of gone to, gone to bits. And I thought he looked very impressive in his early days, but then hasn't comparatively, um, stood up to that standard since and, and has been able would have done with him. And that's not a fella's fault. It's just, it's feeding this concept that it's coming into my head that he is a bit fragile. I could be completely wrong. Could be being unfair as Carl suggests. Um, but I mean, would, is, 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 is that fair to say what I've been saying there and what Carl seems to be saying that, you know, if, if we fall into this thing where it's, it, it's, um, Van Dyke and, and Gomez going forward, then maybe that's just a bit of good luck. No, I, um, uh, there was a, a point last season, um, after the Lover and Horror show, uh, Wembley against Spurs, I wanted Gomez. I wanted Gomez as a centre back with, with Matip. I was adamant that I don't, I didn't care if uh, he was good enough or bad enough or whatever. He, he couldn't be any worse than what, what Lovren was that day. That's interesting. Because you know, that, that, I thought Gomez was terrible that day as well. No, no, he may well have been, but he was, he was awful. He, he, he may well have been, but the point was he wasn't playing centre back. No, he was right back. Yeah. yeah, he was right back. And Gomez is a right back, is a, is a centre back, sorry. He's not a right back. He was, he was playing obviously right back because of the Klein injury, but it was a great way of him learning the game in a high pressure environment. And it's actually done him, done him really, done him good to do that because he, it's going to make him a better player because it's bedded him in, in a, in a, in a less pressured area of the pitch. So now yeah. moving into centre back, playing alongside Virgil, he should have all the confidence in the world. And if he can develop a partnership with um, Virgil, and then you've got Lovren as number three and Matip as number four, and then you've got Fabino to cover there as well, and you've got Young Phillips there as cover, because uh, Ragnar Clavin's gone, it's certainly not a bad place to be. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm cool with it right now, uh, the more I talk about it. You've talked yourself into it. I like that. I like yeah. that. Does it seem, lads, like this might be a good time to set the football to one side and move into some questions from our listeners? Oh, God. There we go. I think this might be the time for that. And we're starting off with one from Mo, who we often chat to on Twitter, the whole lot of a sudden. Uh, he says, now, we know that Cam has a certain fashion sense and a variety to his wardrobe. But the question from Mo is... If you were a private detective or spy, what would your wardrobe entail to keep people from recognizing you? Now, I do get what Mo's saying here. Like, what would you do to sort of change up your look so nobody could really see that it was you? And I think 
from my own point of view, because I'm kind of obviously when I'm not being Pancho and Downyside, Carl. But you know, from my own point of view, I'm kind of fond of my threads, and I think what I'd probably do is pop on a, a shell suit or something. Uh, and uh, you know, I think that and you know, a proper crap baseball cap, uh, a la you know, people just do nothing. One of those ones, and I think that'll probably get me out. I think I I look completely different. Uh, MC Grinder, you're gonna be an MC Grinder. I'd have that sort of look about me. <laughs> that sort of look, and you know, nobody's picking me out of that, you know. So I think, yeah, I'm I'm liking that. Um, Cam, if you had to change up your look so that nobody would recognise you, what we do? Burgundy Doc Martin boots. Right. Uh, don't knock it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to have them for what it's worth, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I had black hair, so I've got a fancy burgundy. A beige trench coat. Okay, uh, So far, so far, this sounds very much just like you. I don't have a trench coat, so um, I'm, I might consider it, actually, though. Um, a beige trench coat. Hang on, you're wearing a trench coat as an undercover detective. Yeah, I'm in disguise. <laughs> the sort of thing that detectives wear. The kind of yes, uh, uh, the kind of garb but, 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 worn wait, by wait, wait, detectives. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, but the beauty is, I'm not wearing trousers. Oh All fucking right? hell! And I haven't mentioned trousers here, have I? No. Yeah, you see, you guys are not thinking outside the box here. So you are basically going to disguise yourself as a, as an undercover detective. Your disguise is to go around like a flasher. Yeah, but they won't see me as a detective, though, will they? <laughs> no, mate, you're right. It's foolproof. You will be spending time at a police station, but not in the right way. <laughs> not in the right way. Yeah, it's <laughs> tremendous. It's tremendous. It, absolutely, like I say, a foolproof plan. Carl, if you were to uh, shake up your look a bit so nobody would be able to wreck you, what would you do? It depends on the case, but uh, I would... It depends dress. on the case. Yeah, what? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I'd probably dress like a Tottenham fan. <laughs> Does that mean just wearing Tottenham clobber? Uh, I'm, t- I'm talking Hackett sort of. Uh, oh, I see. I see. Shirt. Yes. Baseball cap, which I can't abide. Yes. Um, as, as Pete Doherty once said, there's no more distressing sight than that of an English man in a baseball cap. And um, those. Do you remember those sort of late 2000s Puma trainer things, which basically looked like they were slippers? Oh, yes. With, with yes. no grip on whatsoever, and they just look like Lonsdale slip-ons. Lonsdale slippers, that's what Everton Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 Lonsdale, yeah, stop rubbish, yeah. yeah. Um, and a pair of Stonewash Wrangler. What a look this is. Because I'm just trying to think, what, what would I not dress as in a million years? <laughs> that would be it. You're absolutely like an extra from the firm there. So yeah. You tell me. yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and I, I have to tell you. I need to drink in a shower now after saying that. Do you, oh. do you, you, you just don't like a hat at all, do you? No, I'm not a fan of it because my head's enormous. I'm, I have one hat and it's my Russian hat. Um, but, Tony Hancock wear a hat? Yeah, the Homburg. Yeah, I, I would always wear a Homburg hat. Always, if, if my head wasn't the size of. So of you've food. got a you've got a, a Kopak Cossack. Yes, I have. Yeah. Ah, tremendous. Yeah. This sounds familiar. I think this may have come up before. We, we may have discussed it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, from Russia. My mum got a bit mocked with me. Excellent. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I have to take issue here, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like a baseball cap. But so Pete Doherty's uh, well off if he's talking about Irish man. Oh. Yeah, I like it. I'm just gonna rub us up with some metal and a wire. Bro. No, it's it, dude. It, it works. It works. Oh, it works. No, it yeah, I, 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 I've I've also put my, my oh, 
my baseball cap on backwards at times. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, Trevor. I'm, I'm going on you, Pete. Earlier, Trevor, Trevor. Earlier, earlier on today, I went to the gym with no, a back, no. with a back, back baseball cap and over ear headphones like a proper wanger. So get that up, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next question is from Stephen Neville. He says, next question is from Stephen Neville. Stephen says, I want to know the lad's favorite superhero. Uh, and he reckons he just wants to point out that you can't pick Sherlock Holmes, Carl, uh, if you were so inclined. What? Favorite superhero can. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, um, a guy, thanks guy. He just stole my thunder. Uh, he, he was typing something, then he stopped. No, he's typing again. Anyway, uh, my favourite superhero as a kid was Batman, played by Adam West. And um, the listeners can see this, says Guy. Okay. Not sure where we're going with that. Um, so, yeah, it would have to be uh, Batman. And, um, oh, sarcasm, says Guy. Alright. Um, sorry, I'm getting distracted by Guy. I apologise, listeners. Producer Guy is not being professional right now. So, because obviously this is the, the most professional, uh, of shows. You're the AI only one producer. talking, man! Seriously, Cam, you are having an entire conversation with yourself about Guy being unprofessional. Get to the fucking point. Which is your, your superhero. Go for it. As I said, Batman played by Adam West. And just as a little, Stat for you, the original Batmobile from the 60s sold in 2013 for $4.2 million. Oh, I think I saw that story at the time. A tremendous looking uh, item it was too. Um, I think I had a toy of it um, back in the day. Carl, if you, your favourite superhero, who is it? I never really did the superhero things. Um, I, I, hello, Steve, by the way. By the way, in Sherlock. But, uh, I, th- I think I'll go with Super. The boy Super. He's, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's pretty good. And I never quite understood in the Batman, in the, in the Superman films, where do they get the kryptonite from? It's not yeah. as if you can go into space and go, oh, just get me a handful of that kryptonite there. Because the implications of that kryptonite, um, um, krypton, obviously, I'm talking to you as well now. Um, it's not as if krypton's like, is like, you know, just past Stoke. You know, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's just north, north so, of the Watford Gap, and you, so, you. So yeah. So Carl, you're okay with uh, Superman flying, yeah? But you have an issue with where he gets kryptonite from. Well, the thing, but but Gene Hackman cannot fly. Yeah, but Superman can. You're all right with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> But in in the, he didn't have to fly. In the movies, there was a whole scatter of kryptonite uh, that came to can't Earth. Move, can't move for the stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I, I can't. My 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 uh, my memory fails me now as to what exactly the the thing. I would go with Iron Man because obviously Downey uh, in the movies, but also I love those comics. I did read a lot of superhero comics when I was a kid. I have to say, so Iron Man for me. There is uh two more. There are two more from uh, three more actually from from listeners i may hold off on those because last week i had said to you that uh, i will i'll hold off on those and i'll use them next week because last week i had said to you to prepare to uh, this this idea of the three wishes right so you, 
you have three wishes you're like yeah like a sort of you've got some sort of a genie coming to you and you can be granted three wishes one is football related one is something for yourself and one is something for somebody else and you boys were to uh, come up with something for this and i know cam was really happy with himself and he had all his prep done by tuesday so i'll go straight to you cam on this one all right wish number one and i think this is pretty obvious on the footy front for probably all of us and that's for liverpool to win the league yeah i'll take that yeah wish number two on a personal level to be a good enough hobby to be not banished to the shed <laughs> that ship has sailed brother but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> it's a wish isn't it so it's a wish it's a wish uh wish number three on a more serious uh no that the the, the no, 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 try again that that the demons that are in everybody's heads uh are erased and eradicated and we can all live in a bit of peace and harmony Oh man, you've gone full Miss World at the end there, which I like entirely. That's lovely. That's lovely. Can uh, I do? Can I just do a pirouette now? Yeah, please do. And I, 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 I heartily look forward to the swimsuit section. Um, Carl, your your three wishes. Um, <laughs> not speedos. Uh, <laughs> not to keep those bunch of smugglers away from our gaze for the love of God. Um, Carl, your three wishes. Uh, start off with the football one. Uh, uh well, I was going to say um. Producer guy as as, as someone for me like that. The guy wants one of his wishes. The guy's like he wants to meet me at and B. So I, I won't bother with that one. Thanks, guy. Um, the football one. I would like all games to kick off at three o'clock on a Saturday or seven forty-five on a Wednesday night. And no other time. Okay, like it, that. It drives me nuts. Honestly, I can't plan weekends. Honestly, it just yeah. drives me absolutely nuts. No, no, but we've moved to the Sunday. Right, so like you know everything changes because of that. Um, that would be that one. Um, in terms of me, I would like someone to make films of my books and draft me in as a screenwriter because that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, oh, it's, it's a good one though. I like that. Yeah, I, love yeah, that. I like I that. Think, yeah, I think, I think this one of the film will be actually a decent film. I think. Um, and for the for the world, you know, I believe that that um, children are our future. Children are our future, Carl. I've, yeah. I've always said that. Um, I would like um, Tommy Robertson, Donald Trump, Nigel Farage to be expunged from existence. And oh, I'd like Katie Hopkins to that as well. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go for the thing. Uh, you know that Hartley Brewer one. Let, let's go for the hangers-on underneath them as well, who do do that sort of thing. Get rid of them. And um, and I'd like society to be to be more even, rather than based on greed and hate. Good Lord, you've both gone absolutely full um, beauty pageant at the end. I'm delighted with that. I can't tell you how much that pleases me to hear you all uh, aligning in that regard. And just for the record, in the background, guys three were... Liverpool to win the league, I think for himself, he's simply said money, which, I mean, that's good. Speaks volumes. And then the one for somebody else, he's um, very altruistically wished for Carl to meet Ashling B. Uh, he's in the we- film. She's in the film. That's that's that works. See, that works. There is no okay. Irish character in the film, but you know, artistic license. It's my book. I'll do what I want. I guarantee Ashen can do an accent if required. No problem. Yeah. And those stand-ups are clever in that way. That's good. That's good. Enjoyed that heartily then, gents. Yeah, I did. Um, so we've got, like I say, three questions from listeners that are going to hang over till next week, including one from Josh, Liz, and Arinder. 
I also want to hold over on that business card thing that we were riffing on yesterday. Uh, we'll do that next week. That was, too. That was really good. I enjoyed that, that. That was some good fun, uh, listeners. We were just making up various, uh, careers for our, uh, each other and, uh, it's writing. basically because Cam and I coincidentally are getting our new business cards in this week. Yes. Yes. So Which we were right tomorrow for me. No, we're right, writing the business cards for, uh, these, uh, uh, fictional career, so we may well get into that a little bit. And, and the, tre- the Trevods are great. So happy with the Trevods. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll do is I'll just cut and paste some of those and read them next week as well. Yeah. Uh, look, we are getting into dangerous territory. It's now nine minutes past midnight for the love of absolute whatever deity you're into. So let's just move on and finish up for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. Before we go, it is customary for uh, to meet the for me to ask the lads if they have any final thoughts or in the case of Carl, usually any shameless plugs for his novel or his excellent website, Some Green Grass and a Ball, which this week features a reasonably engaging piece by a, hang on, it says a Trev Downey, uh, it says here, on the life and career of Lothar Mateus. So, Carl, any uh, specific things you'd like to mention or any final thoughts? Well, I think we've spent too much about Some Green Grass and a Ball, so let's put that to one side this week. Um, oh, did you hear that silence of Trev? Then that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Now, oh, Trev's yeah. got a piece out on Lothar Mateus, and I can tell you, Trev, that the numbers have gone through the roof on it. Seriously. Oh, it's, gone re- it's gone really, really big. Um, oh. And uh, I think both because the copy editing is so good. Uh, the images are fantastically placed. Hang on, hang um, on. Copy editing? <laughs> I did change something. I did change how, the word. How, how very dare you. Anyway, go yeah. on ahead. <laughs> um, uh, so that's really good. I implore you. I, I'm not saying who it is at the moment, but Stephen Scrag, but some green grass, has got a fantastic guest interview next week. Oh, it's and, oh, and we're, it's all, we're all so happy with who it is. And it's, it's not like a, a question and answer. He's basically written about this person. Yeah. But I can't wait to get it out. It's so good. Can we uh, so say that, maybe it's a, it's a bit niche. It's a bit throwback. It's a bit eighties. Yeah. Are they all fair enough hints without giving yeah. anything away? Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's, and he's, he's written in such a way that it's basically you smile as you read it. It's, it's lovely. Tremendous. Really, really and, and obviously, um, my novel, Falling, Falling, Not Landing, I don't think what it was called then. Um, <laughs> had, um, I've been in a book today, though. Um, that's, um, that's now out. It's five pounds on the Kindle download. And I've had one review so far, which is five stars. So I'm really, really happy with that. And, um, I'm dead proud of it. Uh, one one review and Mrs. Carpack says good. So, I mean, that's two reviews. Oh, right? yeah. 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 My mum said, um, uh, I'm like, but, but very good. My, my dad once said about the band I was in. We did a demo. We did three tracks on a demo. And I, I this is so long ago that I put it on my walk with him to listen to. And my dad was in a band. He, like, he knew the Beatles and things. He played the cabin. And he just looked at me and went, but he won't starve. That's the <laughs> biggest compliment I've ever had in my life. <laughs> That's the level of praise we do in the Copac household. Oh, fuck. He won't starve, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, da. Um, Calm. Any final thoughts from yourself? Yeah, I've got a little thing I've got prepared. So here goes. Bloody hell, man! This is tremendous. Go for it. Everything I was told should be my greatest insecurities and weaknesses. Everything that I've been labelled: short, nerdy, skinny, weak, impulsive, ugly, tomboy, poor, rebel, loud, freak, crazy, turned out to be my greatest strengths. I didn't become successful in spite of them. I became successful because of them. 
Ooh, and that is about AJ Lee. Lovely. Lovely. Inspirational way for us to end this. You're making quite a habit of this, Cam. Uh raising the tone a little bit after our our, our uh, indulgences uh, over the hour. Like that very much. And on that inspirational note, let's finish up with me thanking you, treasured listener, for the support of your ears and imploring you to lend the support of your recommendation in whatever form that may uh, entail, maybe on your social media, maybe a word of mouth, whatever it happens to be. If you've enjoyed the, the ramblings, please let somebody know. I've been Trev Downey, and until we speak again, stay woke, meet sacks. Podcast Network.